Ministry, pastor, it don't matter what you're doing. If you're in the ministry, it's about people. Yeah, it's about loving people. Am I wrong? I mean, I think that's right. It's about loving people. And I love pastor. I love. Yeah. It. I love. I, I look back and I'm tell you, you know, like I said, I tell you a whole lot more things I've done wrong. Yeah. And and that's what I was telling you a while ago. I feel like that's some of the one of the main things I've done wrong is getting disconnected. I think in a sense as a church group getting disconnected from right. and but um, you know and I'm, not, I'm not making excuses like I said I um, um, you know I don't, I don't regret the time that I invest in my boys right. and my family it's like that preacher told you you know you know preach all over the country can't care for you well, yeah, preach all over the country and try to save other people's yeah. kids get other people's kids saved and lose your own if you're not careful yeah. and I don't lose my own but that's it. Love it. I think they got to know. Yeah. What what's that old saying? Nobody won't know how much you care. <laughs> uh, don't matter. How, they yeah, don't matter how much you know. Do they know how much you care? That's right. Yeah. And I think that's right. I yeah. Think, and I you think know, that's right too. Sometimes as sometimes as a pastor, things hurt. People hurt you, and you feel like withdrawing. You know, there's this temptation. And I've been guilty of that. Oh, yeah. There's this temptation of, bless goodness, I'll stay in my office until the choir gets up to sing, and then yeah. I'll slip in there and sit down on the front yeah. pew, preach my message, and yeah. go hide until everybody's yeah. gone. Uh, but we need it. I mean, our people need it, but we need it. Yeah. You know, I was reading a book this last week, and the guy that wrote the book, he said, people that say, well, God's all, me and God, that's all I need. I understand the concept. But he said in this book, he said most people that say that are either ignorant or arrogant mm -hmm. because God places people in our lives well, to be a The Bible says that God, it was not good for man to be alone. Right. God saw it's not good for man. And so he made him a helpmate. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so it's not good for man to be alone. Right. And he don't just need himself. I mean, that's a biblical principle, I feel like. Right. That's taught throughout the Word of God. Uh, uh, but, you know, back to loving people. Um, and when you put yourself out there and you really love on people, you are going to get hurt. Yeah. Uh, and the, 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 the danger that I see, and I've even experienced it in my own life, when you do that and you do get hurt, you have to be careful and guard against getting bitter. Yes. Because it, it can happen, you know, because people are going to hurt you. Yes. Uh, whether it's in pastoring, though, or any aspect of life, you're going to get hurt, really, uh, period, yeah. by people. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, and I was telling Brother Bradley this earlier today. We were talking. And uh, the first church, when God began to deal with my heart, and the first church that I went to, uh, we went a few times, maybe two or three times. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And I probably nobody came and shook my hand. Mm -hmm. Nobody came and shook my hand. And yeah. uh, and what I thought was, they don't care if we're here or not. Right. Yeah. You know, they don't care. And I went to another church, and everybody, I mean, was so well, you know, yeah. was acted like they were glad we were there. Right. And when I go to Turkey Cove, it's like that. It seemed like, you know, you can't even get through the end of the sanctuary from a foyer. You've already shut, you know, several people have shaken your hand. You're glad, glad you're here. Uh, but, you know, um, 
and that's part of it. Right. But a church will take on the the uh, personality of the pastor. They'll take on the personality of the pastor. Yep. And I think if the pastor loves on people, they'll they'll see that and take that on. Um, and I tell you something else. The uh, I tell you something. Turkey Cove does is uh, when I went there, it was a Southern Baptist. It's it, it's, it's Turkey Cove missionary still missionary Baptist, but we're independent now. We they were in the association in the Southern Baptist Association, and they didn't support. Uh, they they supported the traditional Southern Baptist missionaries, the Lottie Moon, and so forth and so on. And when we 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 immediately left that that way and started taking on independent missionaries, and and right away they fell in love with missionaries. And I believe a rural yeah. church that'll fall in love with missionaries. And love on missionaries the way that Turkey Cove has loved on missionaries. I think God will bless that Amen. church. Yeah, I believe that. I, I believe that with all my heart. Uh, I've seen it. I've, yeah. I, I'm a, I've, I've, I've watched it for 15 years. I've watched them love on missionary families as they came in, and I've loved them. I, I've watched them love their community every year. Um, you know, and people may not agree with this, but every year we work with our local fire department, Woodlawn Fire Department. They do a Christmas thing every year. We donate right. money, a lot of money to that to that cause, and it, it's not just it's not for the church; it's for the community. We do that with Shop of the Cop here in Yates. Yeah, same way, and uh, and uh, they do that, and they love doing it. And uh, I think that shows the community and and the county, not just uh, not just the community, but it shows the county. Um, especially the north end of the county that Turkey Cove loves their county and they love their, their community and they love the people in it. But, you know, we have people that drive from way down on the south end of the county yeah. and the east and or all, all Which is a county. pretty good drive, I mean, really. Yeah. And we've got a, people that drive 40-plus miles yeah, to church. Yeah. You know, when you talk about rural area, all you've got to do is look at the electoral map from the last election to see how much of America is rural area because right. it was all red. All right. rural area is red. So that means there's so many churches. You know, Trey, uh, my son Trey's been in uh, Iowa the last five weeks attending a church up there in Osceola. That's a rural area. It's 1,400 miles away from here. Those people are different than us yeah. mountain people in Western right. North Carolina, but a lot of the dynamics are the same. One thing that I think that becomes a frustration for pastors, that particularly if they pastor a small church, uh, very small, Let's say we got 10 people. They want to have 50 people by next year. Yeah. Yeah. And it may be too big of a bite for them to take in a year's mm-hmm. time because like we said, people beget people. Now what I've read is that good, solid church growth is about 15% a year. And I believe that's, I believe that's right. If you got ten people, that means you only have to you only have to get to, what five? Well, not even more that many. Two people. Yeah. Yeah. If you can grow two people that year, you've grown fifteen percent. That's sure. a good healthy growth. If you do that fifteen percent in five years, you've doubled your doubled your attendance. Right. I think maybe that's part of our problem is that we need to look at smaller bites. We think. Right. I, I agree. I think it, I, I seen that happen at, at Turkey Cove or at Stone Mountain First Church of Pastor. It was, you know, we started with 12, and we, we went to 18 or 20, and we stayed there for a little while, and then a few, and then a few, and then a few, you know, and by the end of the five and a half years, there's 40 or 50 people, 60, you know, and we, we had higher days and 
higher months and you know stretches but I, I I say this at Turkey Cove and you can say this of here or anywhere I would say immediately whenever that thing took off whenever it just kind of took off and started growing the way that it did yeah we had we seen growth but man you wouldn't believe the people that came through there that never yeah. stayed yeah. yeah I mean yeah. if you yeah. if if for in the last 15 years if we, if we had the people that came through oh, there yeah you couldn't put them in 10 buildings like yeah, this right. no way and that was what that was what I got a little frustrated and discouraged over that I would see so many come through and I think man why ain't they staying what, what am I doing what am I doing wrong and, and you know I just come to find out that Turkey Cove's not for everybody right uh, yeah, and I'm not for everybody. You know, right. my, the way I preach yep. or the way I pastor right. is not for everybody. I had a man this past week, and I, he's he'll probably watch his podcast. I love him. Um, I had a man this past week come. He said, "Preacher, I need to talk to you before service." He's been with me probably uh, seven, eight, nine years. Um, come in, and he said, uh, "He said I, I'm I'm going looking." He said, "I'm going looking." And uh, and I said, well, can I ask you why? And he said, uh, he said it's just got too loud here. Hmm. And he said it's nothing again. He said I I love it, but he said I can't focus. Mm-hmm. And it's just something that he was dealing with, you know, yeah. personally. Right. And you know, and I hope he comes back. And he said he may. But you you'll run into different different people, different situations. Nope. Yeah. But I think mountain people, um, we're different. Right. Yeah. You know, right. one thing that I've struggled with over the years is not taking that personal. Yeah. Let me but people leave, and I take it personal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of things people do. And, and you know, I, I talked to uh, a preacher one time, and he had his family he was dealing with. And I told him, I, I said, uh, it's it's not you. Mm-hmm. It's nothing personal toward you. You know, and, and, and I just... I, I just have to tell the whole situation, but some a lot sometimes it is, but a lot of times it's not. It's yeah. it's other things but or other. You love them so much, yeah. That it, it's hard not to take. Of it course, personal. it is. You love yeah. them so much, and you invest in their. <clears throat> you know, go back. You talking about church growth there just a moment ago, and I think sometimes uh, I've, I've got a, a young man in my in my mind right now. He came from a church. A church was booming. It was growing. God was blessing the church, and he went to another area and took a small work. And he is frustrated sometimes that he never can get his church to be like his home church. Right. But one of the problems is there's not that many people that live around there. I mean, it's not right. the church he come yeah. from you right. know, has a good-sized community right. to draw from. Right. Where he went to, don't have, don't have that. Right. And people's going to have to drive an hour yeah. to, to, you know... And so I think sometimes you have to have, you have to be realistic. Yeah. You know that I mean we don't have goals and 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 pray and ask God to bless, but at the same time, our county where I'm from, our county is 8,500 people. Right. In the whole county. Right. Yeah. Probably not going to run what a church in Charlotte could run. Right. Exactly. Possibly run. You know. Exactly. You have to think about it. Here's the way I've always thought about that. In means of percentage of total population, yeah. like here in Yancey. If I have, um, if we've got 15,000 people countywide, if I'm running 150, and I've run a, I'm running a full percentage, 1% of the population, mm-hmm. right? That's right. I'm never good at math. But anyway, if I'm pastoring in Atlanta yeah. and I'm running 300 people, 
I'm not even running a tenth of a percent right, of the total population. Right, you see right. what I'm saying? And yeah. I, I'll tell you something else, rural churches, I think a lot of pastors don't think about, and a lot of people don't think about. It, it ain't, and, and make this clear, I don't think it's only pastors that get discouraged. You're right, you're it's, right. It's, it's people, mm-hmm. people, and, and I want to encourage church members while we're doing this. I want to encourage pastors always, but let's encourage church members also. That's right. Hey, you know, stay, if you hang in there, but here, here's one thing we as rural pastors is going to face my county, your county, there's a church up every Creek and, yeah. you know, oh boy. and so, so when you've got that many churches per capita of people, I mean, you know, yeah. to the population, <clears throat> I, I mean, yeah, you've got, you know, 15, 20 over here and 40 over there and yeah. 50 over there and, you know, but there's so many churches. I remember when Alan Barter first come preached a mission conference for me, him and Jan went out riding one day. He come in that night and he said, Preacher, I don't know how you have anybody come to church here. Because there's so many churches. Yeah, so many churches, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, going back to what you're talking about, church members, uh, that's a very good point. Because I don't know how many times, well, our church is not growing, so we, 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 we started looking for another pastor and we think it's time for our pastor to leave because the church is not growing. Mm-hmm. Couldn't yeah. it could be it's not the pastor's fault. Right. Exactly. It could be them people ain't picking up a plow and helping that pastor. Right. And you don't know. you think there's a fine line to walk? I mean, it's almost in preaching circles and we we do these podcasts for, you know, young preachers and people that run in you know but in preaching circles it's almost like you're evaluated by how many people attend your church on Sunday morning. A lot of times. It's one of the first things that people ask. How many of you run on Sunday? You know, and, and they somehow establish whether or not they think you're a success by how many that is. Now, while I'm a people person, and I, obviously you've got to have people, just like Todd said, it's about people, and you want to put people in the pews, and the more people you put in the pews, the more souls that you can reach, all that. In the end, you cannot evaluate the uh, effectiveness of your ministry solely on the number of people that are in the pews. Because I know people that are very effective. They have great great ministries. Yeah, absolutely. And they, they continue to just have a small congregation. And a lot of it is that they're bound by demographics or whatever. But that doesn't mean that they're not effective no. preachers. That's exactly right. Um, I just lost my train of thought. Well, you know, what we was talking about those churches yeah. at Beaver Creek and stuff. And a lot of people look at that and say, well, the reason there's so many churches... It's because they can't get along with one another. They don't understand that a lot of those churches are old churches. Yeah. And people built churches in their communities. Right, they didn't that's right. have ways to get off of those creeks. And so they built churches where they were at. That's right. And and, and a lot of people don't understand rural churches right. in that aspect of it. Get you back to the Strength of the Things That Remain podcast very soon, I promise. But we want to talk to you just a minute about the Blue Ridge Baptist Bible College. Me and Todd, I know this is hard to believe, but we are college professors. Isn't that right? <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> I mean, we're professors. You're, you're the doc. Professors yeah. at the Blue Ridge Baptist Bible College, and we'd love to have you in the upcoming semester. It starts in August, uh, toward the end of August. I've not got an exact date. Reach out to us on Facebook, and we can get you more information about it. It's available as a completely online version if you want, or you can come and be in person uh, for the upcoming semester. Either way, we'd love to have you in Bible college. It's very affordable, about $300 a semester. And uh, you pick up the book cost, of course, but $300 a semester, and you can be at Blue Ridge Baptist Bible College. Think it's worth their time? I think it is. We have a great time. We yeah. have a great time. 
and uh, I think it'd be a blessing to you. Well, we hope you'll reach out to us. Now back to more of the Strength in the Things That Remain podcast. Uh, and, and so, you know, and I agree, I hate to see the doors of any church closed down, so they've kept those churches going throughout the years, and, uh, and they've remained yeah. small because it is that's right. small community. I, I, I want to say something. I, this, some people might not agree with this, but that's okay. For years, I when I first started preaching and coming up, I heard a lot of people say that if you preach the truth, you will not have a big crowd. <laughs> if you preach the truth, that crowd they got a big. They must not be preaching over there. They they running two hundred people. He must not be preaching against anything. You know, yeah. that's not the truth. Right. right. You can still preach that book and have a big crowd, yeah. and, and you can still do that. That that is that that's. That's not true. I told my young preachers that whenever I first started uh, pastoring, you know, I had a small, we had a small crowd, and, and it never did really grow real, you know, like I said, 50 or 60 is all it ever got up to. Uh, but, and they, I'd hear people say, well, you know, the same thing, if you preach the truth, they won't come. And then I'd hear, hear, turn around and hear people say, well, if you'll preach the truth, they'll come. Yeah. And I, I just, just blocked all that out and, and just preached and loved people and, I found out that works. I think that's, I heard a, an old gentleman say one time that he'd pastored a church for several years, a good-sized church, solid, straight, fundamental church, been very successful. And they asked him to what his, um, ask him what his uh, secret was. And he said, I just love God and love people. Yeah. You know, me and Todd was talking love about God it earlier today. He's been here all day. And uh, I know. <laughs> I had some things wrote on the board that I've erased, uh, but, uh, you know, there's three areas. Me and him was talking about it. Three areas, church growth. And we did really made for this podcast to be about church growth, but here we are talking. This is kind of the way it's went. But you got to have, dyna- number one, dynamic Sunday services. Sundays, you know, you ought to be prayed up, ready to go. The services ought to happen seamlessly. There ought to be a lot of uh, wasted time. Uh, the you know just asking God to move, asking the Holy Spirit to do something, make differences in people's lives, you know all of those things. Secondly, uh, life changing relationships. I read somewhere that um, for somebody to feel like they belong in your church, they need to make seven connections. Um, in other words, have a connection with seven different people that know their their name, and then whether they've joined or not, they feel like they belong there. And then that, and then that third point is separated uh, living, surrendered living. They need to see something different in the church and in church people than what is alive in their lives. Uh, and those relationships, number one, the relationship with the Lord is most important. But then relationships with people help shepherd them in that direction. Right. I, I really feel like those three things are are primary in a church thriving and growing. Uh, we've talked a lot about, especially in rural churches. Yes. I think at all still. I think it still yeah. goes back to these two rural churches. Right. We have different. I know every church has battles, but rural churches have different battles than yeah. these churches around Charlotte or whatever. I know they have battles yeah. too, and I'm not belittling none of that. But like you said, they got more people to draw from yeah. too. Right. Um, yeah, well, I was talking to a guy recently, and he said that he said I can go ten minutes from my church and knock on two or three thousand doors. Yeah, right? 
10 minutes from a church. Yeah. I'll tell you another yeah. uh, subject we ain't even got in. We run out of time. But another subject we ain't even talked about in rural areas is if a church ever gets a black eye in oh. a rural area, oh, yeah. it takes forever it to get over it. Can I say something about that, too? Go ahead. Before you, before you cut us off. That, that, that's one thing. When I went to Turkey Cove, everybody wanted to tell me about Turkey Cove. People that went there wanted me to tell me about Turkey Cove, about their past. That, you know, people that didn't go there wanted me to. And I said, no, no, no I don't want, I don't want yeah. to know. I don't want to hear it. I don't, I don't yeah. care because that's exactly what it is. It was the past. And I think that would help all of us yeah. if we can get past the past. That's and, good. And, and that hurts everyone. I think that's yeah. you, you're, you're spot on right there. That is what's killing more rural churches. Is people go digging up old bones. Yeah, that's that's done. That's right. It's done. Yeah, and 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 they won't. A lot of times, people in the community won't let the church grow because of that that past hurt and past thing. But it's done. It's a new pastor. It's new people. It's a new. It's a new day. It's go on, go forward. Yeah. You know, this morning on my run, I was listening to uh, Charles Spurgeon's lectures to my students, and it's funny that that'd be the chapter I was listening to, and then all this come up. He said, every minister needs one deaf ear and one blind eye. <laughs> and uh, he said, a lot of what you need to turn that deaf ear toward is a lot of that talk about when you take a new church and they want to tell you about all the problems and all the troubles. And this one talks about this one and this one and that one and that one. He said, that's where you need that deaf ear. I'll tell you something else you need that deaf ear too. Not only hear about the past, but you better be careful about them all the time bragging on how good you are yeah. and how sorry yeah. the old pastor was. Right. Because if we're talking about that old pastor yeah. and how good you are, they'll talk about you too eventually. Yeah. I, 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 I started telling from the pulpit, I don't, I don't care what happened last year. I don't care what right. happened 10 years ago. I don't care. And you shouldn't either. That's done. And, and they got that. They never, they never said nothing. And, of course, they didn't have nothing bad to say about the old pastor anyway, the pastor before me. They did uh, you know, so that it wasn't that. It was things that happened 15 years before I was there, 10 years before I was there. Right. And I think it'll do a pastor well and it'll do the people well to just say, hey. Let it go and move on. Let it go. You, you know, not just bad, though. Sometimes you have to forget the good. You know, some I've seen churches that have had a good man for years. Yes. Then he leaves, dies, or God moves him, yes. and the, another man comes in, and he he's he's a good man. He's doing a good job. He's loving God, trying to take the church in the right direction. But he's never that man. Right. He's never the previous man, and he's continually compared to the previous man. And uh, well, so and well, so wouldn't have done it this way. So and so wouldn't have done it this way. I think there's a lot of wisdom in just forgetting the past I mean, and, and moving forward. You know, That's not the pastor anymore. That's right. God's put a new man right. in this place. And let's get behind him and move forward for the glory of God, as long as he's staying in that book and doing right. Right. And you know, Brother David, you and I have been privileged to know some, some strong men, yes. strong personalities. I could call some names right here, and, and a lot of people would recognize but I've seen exactly that. A lot of these strong men and strong personalities, they die. We've got a common friend that died. And it's hard to pastor mm-hmm. after somebody like that. And I've seen it again and again. Churches struggle. Yeah. They struggle. Yeah. And then it goes back to that's not a personal problem. The issue is that you'll never be him. Right. You know, right. The, the, that, that current pastor will never be the old pastor. And uh, that, 
in all in reality, a church will never move forward until they learn to give. You know, God had Moses for a time, and Moses was a tremendous man. Sure. But when Moses come off of saying God had a Joshua, Joshua. to take them further than Moses ever sure. could. And if they had kept looking at Joshua every time and said, well, Moses didn't do it like that. Yeah. They'd have never went where God wanted to, intended for them, to get, for them to go. Exactly right. Let me add one more thing before we go off the air here. We might as well make this into an hour podcast. <laughs> Cut it in half for 30 minutes. Okay. Uh, but let's, I want to I mention, mention one more thing. Um, and, and when I first started law enforcement, uh, when I swore in the sheriff, said, you know, he said, number one, not ever, everybody don't need to go to jail. That's good advice. But here's what he said. He said, you can only police people as long as they're willing to be policed. That's good. That's truth. How much of it, when you take a rural church, do you have to find out? You say, well, I'm going to make some changes. New guy, I'm going to make some changes. How much do you have to figure out? How much change will these people allow me to make in a certain amount of time? You know, you can only pastor people as long as they're willing to be pastored. And I, you know, I got advice both ways from other rural pastors. I, I, I had some tell me, uh, some older pastors tell me, don't change much right off the bat. Yeah. And then I other, I had other pastors tell me, if you're going to change it, change it now before the honeymoon's over. And I really believe that depends on the people. That's what I, I believe thinking, you have yeah. to feel the people out. And I believe you'll know that. I believe the Holy, I believe the Holy Ghost will let you know that. I believe He'll give you discernment on that after you've pastored those people for a month or two, and you see the direction they want to go. That was now. I was privileged. I when I took Turkey Cove right away, I knew there was a hunger to go forward. You, you could tell just right, right away. So I was blessed in that sense. So right away, we started making some big changes. Um, and 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 it worked. I, I mean, I, yeah, I made mistakes numerous times. We made, I made mistakes, and still making them. But but that was, I think, their attitude showed me that they was ready to go. Yeah. And and because when we would have the business meeting, yeah, let's let, you know, let's get it. Like when we was getting ready to build a new building, we've been in the new building seven years now so so we were in the we was in the old building a little over seven years you know eight years so you know but we planned for three years prior to that and I know that seems like a long time planning but it took us that long we saved money but the church was ready you know they they seen the need right they looked around and seen the need and it's the same way with missionaries when I mentioned taking on missionaries yeah, let's do it. You know, and folks, it, that if if God, if you got a man of God, and you know he's he loves you and he loves the church and God's using him, if you get behind him, that's right, and and do that, support them. As long as he's, don't, I mean, as long as you know it's biblical, that's right. And support missionaries is biblical, and and right. you get behind that man of God. That church would go. That's right. You I know, don't care where it's at. Yeah, I believe that's right. You talked about building. Don't you think, I've all, I, I'm a believer on what I'm about to say. If you want to stir the devil up, break ground on a new building. Exactly. 
Oh, my. Yeah. Some of the biggest battles of my life were yeah. building this building. Sure. I, first church, the first church I pastored, we built a building. And it was color of the carpet. You know, all, this time I prayed about all that. When we, and, and we never had no we never had no trouble with the people. What we had trouble with was the builders. Yeah. yeah. You know, the contractors. Well, not necessarily the builder itself, but the contractors and and, you know, it seemed like it was a delay after delay after delay. And, you know, it would, it, and just like I said, it's going to be a fight somewhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The devil don't want the church to go right. and grow and, and glow. Yeah. <laughs> he don't want that. You either. was to the point to where if you didn't build a building, you were stagnant. You could. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember. Matter, matter of fact, um, uh, you know, Barry, the, the Sunday they came, you can ask Barry, uh, the Sunday they came, they came in. I was just had. I, I got a habit of standing at the back till the choir comes down, and I started that over in the old building. I don't know why I started it, but people would come in. Some people would come in, and they got there a little late. We started ten forty-five, nine forty-five, and ten forty-five instead of ten and eleven. We started nine forty-five, ten forty-five for preaching. Well, I got in the habit to stand standing back there when the choir came. Well, they came in, and there there was a family of four, and they looked around. They went to where I'm sitting. So they, they, they would, it was them and another family. And so they were turning and they turned, they had done turned, walked off steps and walking back to their car. They were leaving. And I said, Hey, no, 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 no. You know, and I said, No, come in. And, and some, some of my men got up and, and let that family of four sit down together. And, you know, that's been 10, 12 years yeah. ago and they're still with me. Then you have some people tell you that when you get a, get more yeah. room, I'll come back. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and, and they did. So yeah. A lot of them did. They said, well, Chris, you find a place to sit. We'll be We'll come. You know, I think they, they say that um, there's different stages of, of sanctuary. You know, there's there's the comfortably full. Beyond that is the uncomfortably full, mm-hmm. which is where you all were. But they say the worst is the uncomfortably empty. Right. Yeah. And I yeah. believe that. Yeah. I yeah. That. Yeah. It's better to be uncomfortably full than yeah. uncomfortably empty. Yeah, that's right. Well, preacher, we appreciate you being on. Like I said, we're probably going to make two out of this, and uh, but it's been great. A lot of yes. a lot of great information, and uh, you know, we just want young preachers to know we're with you, young pastors. We want your rural pastors to know that you're not alone. Right. You know, and um, if they have questions, I think it'd be all right to on sure. this podcast. You know, and we'll yeah. try to respond back. Right. Uh, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, strengthen the things that remain. Couldn't have no better name for that. And that's yeah. what we want to do. Right. We want to strengthen uh, right. churches to stay faithful to the old the old paths. Right. Sometimes it takes remaining. It does. Yeah. It takes time. It does. You're not going to have. A turkey cove overnight. Right. Just stay with it. Yeah. You Just didn't have this this building and right. your the crowd you've got overnight. It you takes know, when time. We, when we were working on this building, I continually to have one saying, "How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time?" And I had to remind myself of that over and over again because when you got to looking at the whole project. It was too big to eat. Yeah. So I just had to think about one bite at a time. That's how you eat elephant. Yeah. Yeah. Only Bradley Boone would come <laughs> up with that. <laughs> well, we appreciate you being here today. Would you like and share the podcast? That would help us uh, to get it out farther. And uh, we hope that you'll tune in again next week. We've got another exciting episode. And until then, thank you for having us. Thank you for being here. Strengthen things that remain. Yeah.